Correctly for me. Ivana Lomova. And you are from? I am from Prague, Czech Republic. Born and raised in Prague. Born and raised here. Yeah. That's pretty rare. Is it? Yeah, almost There everybody are 10 I know. millions of us, well, not from Prague, but... <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, most of the people I've met and know, they either come from outside of Prague and move to Prague at a certain point in their life, or, well, are like me, like expats or people from yeah. other places. So but... now I'm from here. Yeah, okay. One of the few. Okay. <laughs> so, and what, what's your background? So, uh, sort of, one of the things I'm fascinated with is, like, how do sort of creative people come to be? So, like, your parents, uh, well, what did they uh, do? Uh, my my father was a scientist. He was a parasitologist. A, uh, what? <laughs> Para <laughs> he was uh, interested in parasites of fishes. Okay, okay. Yeah. And my mother, she was a... Architect, well, she did mostly interiors, you know. There is some background because her uh, her grandfather was the architect Kotera, you know, so it's a very distant background, but uh, he died sooner than she, she was born, so, you know. Right. And in fact, I, I was just drawing and painting. I like it from my childhood. But, you know, those scientists, they don't, at least my father, <laughs> he didn't consider being an artist like a proper job. So um, he always wanted me to do something proper or something would, would, would be for some, for, you know, some, some reasonable thing. So I end up studying architecture. Well, and I finished it. And when I finished it, I said, now it's my time to do what I, what I want to do. So I worked in the architecture like five months and then I quit. <laughs> so you went through the whole education, did five months and you're out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm out. Uh, well, I, I never wanted to do it, you know, so really, so. Well, oddly enough, I'm sitting here in your studio looking at some works here and you have well, a lot now of... I in a way, I got back to it. Yeah, you have a lot of architecture, both yeah. interior spaces yeah. and exteriors yeah, in but your work. I, well, it's just lately, before I was avoiding it. So um, then I started doing like book illustrations and I worked for a film, on a cartoon film for some certain time. And so then step by step, I work in this, like I made drawings and I make illustrations and things like that for another, I don't know, let's say five, six years. And then I never got the real book, which I would really love to illustrate. It was all always a bit of compromise. And then I have the small kids and no time, you know, and so, and then there was this revolution in 89. So most of those publishing houses, they just disappeared or they sold the publishing house and buy a car car wash or I don't know what <laughs> before I finish the work, you know. Interesting. So that it was very wild times. So... Uh, well, you mentioned family. So you have, a, you have a husband and children? Yes. How many well, children? <clears throat> I had two kids. I have two kids. How, how many husbands? I had one husband, which I don't have anymore. Had one? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, meant <laughs> I was implying it as a joke, yeah. like you had multiple yeah, husbands. My bad. So then I thought, it's, I, I will do just what I really want to do. Because also my husband began to earn money a bit. So it was not so much, you know, like I should do it. And I was with the kids. So then I started doing my free art. And step by step, I got... First, I did some pastels and I did uh, lithographies and things like that. I won a prize even for my first lithography, you know, which which pushed me a bit to do it. Yeah, stone lithography. Yes. Yeah, because now there's the plates that you can use and the metal plates that you no, can. No, no, no. Now, now you can do it on a metal plate. I don't know. No. Yeah, yeah, you can. I love stone lithography, though. I, the stones I are it. so beautiful. It's so nice to to. to oh yeah, the physicality it. of it's yeah. fabulous. 
it's pretty rare these days actually to find a place that still has stones for stone lithography because they become exceptionally expensive to purchase. Yeah, well, they're expensive. You have about three, five places, maybe maybe more, maybe. Uh, I don't know exactly, but three workshops for sure. And then by uh, at the universities or at the schools, you know, you have another. So Yeah, here in Prague. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I did my first lithographies like in the 90s. So it makes 20 years or more even. Well, just store them out of direct and sunlight. And some people have it in a hall where the sun comes sometimes. So yeah, that's it's faded completely by now. Yeah, well, the, I mean, da the sun is one of the worst damaging things yeah. for art, yeah. for any art, pigment based artworks, whether yeah. it's a painting, a print, or whatever. Photograph photographs are horrible with that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when people need to understand when they buy art that they do have to treat it well if they want it to last. Like, they can't just put it out in the sun and yeah. think it'll be there for their generations. Well, maybe there are some differences between the printing colors too and those printing colors were not so good or I don't know so anyway um so I was doing this and then step by step I start oil painting and it took me quite a quite a time like to get to find out how to how to work with it <laughs> but since then I just mostly stick to it because in the old times I had different themes and I felt that every theme has um, it felt like um, there are things to do in charcoal and there are things to do in quash and you know I chose the technique according to the subject but now I can do almost everything in oil so I don't charcoals okay. <laughs> anymore. No. Well, how, how long did it take you to, to sort of reach to the point where you so approximately like what age were you when you found oils when you felt comfortable with well, oils? well like 35 or more even yeah I, was saying, I mean i think that kind of thing is interesting for other people to yeah. hear because a lot of people think i'm an artist i'm creative i'm going to do this thing when they're like 18 20 yeah. even well 25. i was trying with oils when i was about 14 or 13 or 12. nobody's good with oils at 14. but <laughs> i never figure out what to do with it no there's a lot of chemistry involved in it it's not as simple as just uh, mixing paints it's, there's yeah. drying times viscosities yeah. and yada yada but this was not the, the main problem the main problem was was how to apply the colors on the surface you know sure so, well some people work positively and some people work negatively so like so well, you looks like you do positive because i'm seeing yeah, some of your works yeah, here they're yeah, yeah. you know white yeah, based gesso and you're putting color on top uh, when i when i started i also made my own ground and things like that but then i found out that it works i, I, I can never guess what will come out of it and so i just i just give it uh, gave up yeah. Because uh, now I buy the the canvas in rolls uh -huh. and then I buy the frames extra, frames here and the canvas in Germany. And so um, it's easy when you think of a picture and certain dimensions, you can make it in one day, you know. So you stretch your own canvases yeah, and then I you... Yeah, I stretch my own, own yeah. canvases which is much, much more operative than if you would order it and then they, they will bring it next week or something. Like sure, that. I understand. Oh, I'm a huge fan of, of yeah. you know, building it your own. So I, I, yeah, like, I, in a way, I like to do it. Yeah, one thing that I love about like a great painting is oddly enough looking at the back of the painting, like the, the way the structure is put together, the, the, the different choices that are made, you know, all the pins that are yeah. sort of put in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love the backs of paintings. I think it tells a lot about sort of how in involved or not involved the artist is in like the yeah. absolute creation yeah, yeah, of yeah. that kind of thing i i had an exhibition in switzerland a long time ago and the gallerist he he pushed me to make the frames twice as much thick that that it uh, you can then w w double the price or what <laughs> but i i i don't think it was so important anyway we didn't sell anything so i find that most people when they buy artwork they generally get rid of whatever frame is with it unless it's an absolutely stunning frame i mean there are sometimes where they're like this the frame makes the piece like the, you know, that culmination yeah. of it but 
most times when people take it into their home, I mean, I guess it, it depends. Like if they take it into their homes, they're going to reframe it to fit their home. But if they're just putting it into a collection, yeah, I guess the frame that's, it that comes with. Yeah. People, sometimes they put frames to my pictures and sometimes it even looks good, but I don't care about the frames. It's not my business. That's a fascinating thing. I've, I've had this conversation. I'm a photographer. <laughs> So my background is, of course, like a photograph is not done until you put it into a frame and hang it on a wall. So like my background is you have to frame it or else it's not done. It's uh -huh. just a piece yeah. of paper. Yeah. Yeah. So like so when I see a piece of artwork, I, I love it when it's framed. It, it feels like it's finished. Yeah, that's true. And it can help a lot, especially to some aquarels or small drawings uh, when you frame works it on in paper a nice and things. Way, yeah, absolutely. It's then it looks like art. Well, but even, Before even it was like, like, you know, just a sketch. Well, that's the thing is like, I feel like if it hasn't, I mean, it could even just be a strip frame, whatever it is, just like a piece of wood around it. But like, until it has a frame, it's still able to be worked on. Yeah. But like, as soon exactly. as you put a frame on it, yeah. you've basically said this is completed. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's framed. Yeah. Like, so like, I love that like final completion saying like, okay, now it's done. And the artist is not going to touch it again <laughs> because we're famous for well, retouching. Well, I can touch this again and again. Exactly. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. But I do, don't do that because it wouldn't help, I think. Well, in fact, the most, most difficult thing about painting such pictures is when to stop, you know. It is a tough one to, yeah. to get the right point and really go away from that. So what, what's your methodology for knowing when you have completed the piece? Well, I'm, sometimes I'm trying to do it even a bit sooner because I tend to overdo things. I tend to overdo and I just leave it at <laughs> overdone. Like it, 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 it rides the line more of should I throw it away or exhibit it? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I've definitely have the habit of overdoing, but it ends up being okay because then I consistently overdo. Yeah. It's good when you stop a bit sooner than you think it's done. You do something else, you light a cigarette and go away. And then, then you come look from the far and see you it's really done. Yeah. It's needs not, not anything to add to it, but when you're in it, you know, you see all those details, which are not exactly the way you want it to have and yeah i mean the works that we're seeing here in the studio very detailed lots of lots of small details to it some of your previous works were, were a little bit more yeah. gestural yeah. a little larger yeah. um so you're, you're becoming a bit more yeah maybe detail yeah well I'm, I'm, I'm not accusing you of anything i'm just saying but like a little bit more detail oriented yeah. as far versus the works that i saw on your website and on in your book and everything so yeah, we all evolve and we change and we grow. We hope we grow better, but we wonder about that. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the older age, you then you don't have the energy you had when you were 25 and you were upset about so many things and you were trying to protest and, and the energy comes a lot from those feelings, I think. Then you get a bit more well-balanced, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you think you're well balanced? Well, definitely, I'm well balanced much more than when I was thirty or so. Oh, I'm far more well balanced than when yeah. I was thirty. When I was thirty, I was a cocaine yeah. addict, yeah. so like hey, I'm good. On the other hand, the, then the art gets more tough, stiff. Maybe there's not so many artists who who do better and better. It's just an exception. Really? So, so you think artists don't get better with age? You think that some of them, the best ones, they do. Hmm. But but I know more cases which kind of repeat the things they did. So they sort of do like a like a bell curve, kind of like they go up. They they hit a a, a point yeah, that's really sort of the they, highlight they of the career. Down or they just repeat what they did because it was let's say successful or what? Hmm. Well, you have many ways how to end up <laughs> now you're here in Prague and you have a, a good community here in Prague you have you do you have a gallery here I have galleries where I exhibit let's say okay, how do you say it um, exquisite no exclusive. exclusive exclusive gallery I don't have okay. and in a, and uh, I don't even I don't want to have because I don't want to be depending on some gallerist then then they try to control your cells and control your activities. 
Well, and that's an interesting balance because like I've been talking to gallery owners and things like this about control, not, not, not controlling an artist's reputation, but sort of assisting in, in building the artist's reputation. They, they see that as part of their job. Yeah, that, that would be nice if one was 30 and uh, would need somebody. To, yeah, I would have need somebody like that, but it's it's over you're over it you're just like you're just like now and uh i i don't well uh, i don't know about uh, about such gallery and also those galleries you know they take care of young young people after the school and then they build their careers some do yeah you're right not all but so do you have galleries in other locations other than Prague? and so just no galleries you, you just have people you sort of you work with and you sell through but no Sometimes, no exclusivity yeah, yeah. yeah. and do you i mean you know without being sort of blunt about it but like do you sustain yourself with your artwork so do you more or less now i can do it yeah okay that's great i mean that's the sort of the yeah, dream for it artists is. it is yeah it is. so and you you work reasonably slowly yeah, I do, but it's all the long distance run, you know. For instance, uh, through through the twenty or thirty years, I did a lot of lithographies. Those lithographies you have to pay uh, pay for the print and so on. But you have then you have fifty pieces. So if you don't sell any picture, so at least there goes some money from the lithographies. Okay. Well, that's that's an interesting issue because the idea I like this idea that basically you have your paintings that are sort of your big potential income, let's say, but you also have works on paper that like yeah. basically if one. Yeah. So so you've sort of diversified your artwork. So like, so bit. if one, sometimes they gave me they want to use my painting for a book cover, for instance, and they pay some really funny funny amount for the. Yeah, book some cover, royalties it, for that. It yeah. go, it's not just uh, paintings. So it's also those smaller money from other sources. And and the painting, I don't know how how the people come to, to buy my pictures, but it works also on a very long distance uh, uh, run. Somebody comes and say, and I asked him, where did you find me? And he said, I don't know. I've been to this exhibition, that exhibition. Then I saw this on the news in the magazine or newspaper. And and then we thought we should buy it. And now we should go and buy it. That, I mean, that fits with the like sort of this issue that keeps coming up where like young artists seem to think you have an exhibition and they sell out at the exhibition. Uh, never happened to yeah me. exactly i mean that's the thing is that the exhibitions are ju just publicity basically yeah. and then it's people will see it there they'll read an article they'll hear about you, yeah. somebody who saw yeah. that show and they'll exactly. drop by later i mean the, the sales happen six yeah. months to three years they later they don't have money at the moment so they wait then they, they see something again and so now 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 we go and buy it so and what is funny about this is that you usually sell two three four things at once then nothing four six months nothing yeah it works like this i don't know why and it's yeah. not connected so much to the exhibitions uh how, how many years have you been able to live off of your selling of your art i mean because i'm sort of interested in like the, how you sort of tailor your life to uh, fit with this sort of fits and spurts of selling. Like you sell a lot one time and then you don't sell for a long period of time. So like, do you have to? Yeah, it, it got a little bit better, but uh, I was freelanced since after this five months in some architecture studio. So all my life. So, okay. So, you, so you've been... Mm. Uh, living off of your art for a majority of your adult life. I mean, I mean, that's impressive. Not a lot of artists can say they do that. You know, like me, I taught and I've done other things in order to, you know, give me standard incomes and, and these kinds of things because, and health insurance and all the other things that we all feel necessary because I mean, I'm not going to be able to make a living off of my art yeah. just because well, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. The question about the galleries and the locations of your galleries was leading on to uh, who's your market? So who buys your work? Is it only Czech? Is it only local? Is it only European? Lately it... now it's uh, more Czechs. Really? Really more Czechs. Great. And, 
and quite nice people. They, they are usually they they used to be my my uh, age, like my contemporaries. Now also young couples or a lot of lawyers and bankers <laughs> used to be, but nowadays I, I I cannot say like who is buying it. I can see lawyers and bankers, especially even for their office. And I mean, those people who are working in the uh, insurance companies. Insurance companies. <laughs> that I have to look. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, you never know who your clients yeah. are going to be or what they yeah. do. Yeah. And Lately also, I sell maybe even more through the galleries or uh, even the auctions sometimes. Auctions? Yeah. Now, I know I nothing about the auctions. I don't like society. so much because... The best thing for me is when I sell to someone whom I know at least a little bit and I have a contact and if it's an important picture or something, so then I can ask him to lend it for an exhibition or so. And the auctions, you know, you just you just throw it to the water and that's it. You don't know who is it on the other side. Okay, but I'm fascinated. I know nothing about the auction scene here because there are a lot of auctions. Well, th this is I, I don't. I come from America. In, yeah. in in America, the tradition says auction art auctions are secondary. So basically, if somebody if I sold a piece that that person who bought it they want to resell it. Mm, it's ge it's, gener it's generally not the artist who's selling through an auction house. Mm -hmm. Generally not. Really? I mean, that's the way I grew up. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just never looked enough into the auction houses. Mm, maybe mm, they did. But mm. so, so an artist. So you can yeah. place an art piece of art into an auction. Well, I have now one gallery. He regularly comes and wants something. Mm -hmm. Like let's say three times a year, four times a year. That's pretty regular. One one picture, two picture, mostly two pictures. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even he sells something. <laughs> and and d does it do well for you? I mean, versus like let's say galleries and other things like. Well, I I I put my older pictures to those sales, you know. Okay. Of course, I don't put the new ones who which I want to exhibit. Makes sense. And so so I'm trying to sell pictures I don't need so much anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But now the, so galleries are generally fifty fifty splits. Like what kind? No. Of, no. no. I think no, it's it can be also like thirty percent, thirty five percent, or thirty five percent to the gallery. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So thirty seventy. That's lovely. I like hearing that. That's very uh, progressive. You yeah, know, kind when, of an when idea. When you have good relationships and you know each other, you know, and also it wouldn't be possible to sell them for for such a high price. Okay, it's great. But so are auctions the houses the same? No, it's even less. The auctions, well, I I'm not exactly I'm not sure about if it's 15 or 20% or something like that. And do they sell the works for like equivalent prices to what you would sell in a gallery or is it basically they end up selling for less? They want to sell for less, in fact. Okay. That they count that the price can still go up, you know. Mm -hmm. But well, it's more or less the same. And then you have so many uh, beneficiary benefit benefits benefits auctions for you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, non non-profit auctions benefit non benefit off benefit auctions benefit auctions. Yeah, for kids and ill people and <laughs> etc. Animals, animals, yes, yeah, yeah, and uh, homeless, and so on. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I mean, I hear that people get hit up for that a lot. A lot, yeah, and they sell a lot, but then I got no money, right? Of course, but they sell a lot. But so, but do you choose? Like, I know some people that like they choose one a year, basically, and they choose a different one every year, or they have one that they really love no, and they, they no, do no, work with no. it. I usually give them the lithographies, and so then I can give more a year, like three, let's say. Okay. Yeah. It's just nice to hear. The, you know. This is also nice about the lithographies that you don't feel it so much. I understand. <laughs> to give pictures, it would be too much for me, I think. 
I, I mean, that's that's a substantial amount of your time and, and yeah. of course, your resources yeah. Yeah. and everything. Yeah. I mean, so your paintings, like I'm looking at a painting here. It looks like it's about one by 1.2 meters, something like that. One, two to one, uh, 150 centimeters to 120. 120 yeah. I come from inches. So the fact that I even got that close yeah, is pretty sorry. good. <laughs> no, but so, I mean, they're reasonably large. So this is about 60 by 40 inches, something like that. Maybe a little bit bigger than that. Even. I don't know inches. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think it out. For, uh, for 42, one meter is 42 inches approximately. Yeah. So 60 inches by 80 inches. Yeah, but this, this should make one picture together, you know. Hmm. Oh, that's a diptych you're making. Okay. Yeah, because then if it would be in a one piece, I wouldn't be able to to operate with it. I wouldn't fit it in my right. small rooms, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so you're you we're sitting in your studio here, which is on the top floor of a building, and there's a reasonably narrow stairway going down. So so you actually have to tailor the size of your work to fit the capability of basically getting it up and down through your building. Uh, and do you have to store the pictures? Sure, yeah. And uh, well, I, I made the biggest picture I made. I fortunately sold at the exhibition. I was so happy that I didn't want to take it to my bedroom and, and you know, pluck my wall with it. Right. So, so this is, of course, an important factor. How, how you, what do you do with it? Oh, I'm Thanks always God, I'm not in sculpture, you know, <laughs> I, I wonder, I wonder about sculptors, like how much money do sculptors pay in storage fees just to store they, their they old sculptures, have some summer weekend houses, which is, which is quite common here. Yeah. And with big barns or sure. some, some attics and they, they do it this way. I, I made the mistake. I don't think yeah. they, they pay for storage. It right. would be so expensive. Oh, yeah. I, my, my, where I previously lived, I made the mistake. I had a very large studio. And I said, oh, my gosh, I have this massive studio. I'm going to work as big as I can possibly work. Yeah. Yeah. And now I have moved to the Czech Republic. And I live in probably one of the smallest places I've ever lived in my life. And now I have this really massive work that I have to store. <laughs> so... Yeah, you know, you might want to be thoughtful on the scale you work at about the you know, the potential of change because uh, and just the cost of shipping all that that stuff was and the time and the, it was insane. I mean, it was still works on paper, but it was massive works on paper, like one meter by two and a half meter sheets of paper that had to stay flat. I couldn't roll them. Yeah, because then it wouldn't be flat anymore. Well, not, uh, if you roll all, it, you will destroy it, right? Well, I probably would, but like I, I did painting on it and encaustic and all this kind of stuff, so it, it's, it physically can't roll. So, so then I, I have a first like a proper exhibition, like a bigger exhibition when I was almost forty, and it was probably quite successful because from then on uh, I got some offers to to have uh, uh, and contacts to have another exhibitions or or to take uh, take part in some group projects and in fact i was maybe quite lucky where was this exhibition it was this in spala vaclav spala gallery at the at the narodní třída Galeria Václava Špály. Okay, I know. Yeah. Yeah. National, not Rodney Trida, the National Triang Triangle? No, na, Trida. What is Trida? Trida? Rodney Trida. Narodní Trida. Is, is, Trida is. Narodní Trida. National. Triangle? Triangle? That sound right? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. If they I know exactly where it is. It. The, the Quattro yeah. Mall yeah, is there. It's yeah. a very nice gallery. Yeah. And. For me, then I had another ex two more exhibitions there, and I always liked it a lot because the sizes of the spaces is perfect. Then you have the basement, the ground floor, and the first floor, so you can like you can uh, have uh, more themes, which you it's okay, <laughs> which yeah, you introduce in more spaces, and you can you can divide it. Mm -hmm. So I like the place. Residencies. We talked residences, before that yes. you have done some residencies. I did quite a lot of residencies. Started with this Art Mikulov, which is um, it's a little town with nice castle, 
South Moravia looks almost like in Italy there. And I spent three summers and they, they do it annually every July, uh, August, there's three weeks that they have like 10, let's say 10 artists. Okay. And there's a lot of uh, vineries and wine cellars and it's very demanding the stay that you have to make art and then in the evening you have to drink and it's horrible you really have to because otherwise they would be so so sorry and they would feel that you're not friendly at all when you don't dare <laughs> drink their wine so it was tough but it was nice after all there and is nothing tough about what you just said you, you just said make art all day drink all night like that what's wrong with that because that, you're that sounds... exhausted you're exhausted you cannot move even then <laughs> and and those first dates i was there i was still there some of the time also with my kids which were quite small at that time wow so okay so you took your children with you to residency yeah there were more children so it was okay. it was more like a family you know uh so it was exhausting a bit but in this on these summer very hot days to work in a castle was you know pleasure i was gonna say it, it would be fantastic. cool in there it right was cool and yeah. you know you'd need no air conditioning you feel okay and then i was in some residencies the best one i told you was this was this uh, island elba in italy it was a private residency from uh, some uh, Swiss foundation, Casa Zia Lina was the name of the place. And there were just three of us and we have, you know, beautiful house and cook and beach and everything. So it was like a holiday. It was really the it best. It sounds magical. And then I, uh, I, I like, I love residencies in Ireland. In Kilrelic, which, which is the west, most western point of Europe. It's even more west than Portuguese. And uh, there are like seven fishermen, old fishermen houses, old, like, let's say, three, five hundred years. That's a stone, old stone house. Yeah, and yeah. they turn it into a house with a studio and sleeping upstairs. So you are there and you face the ocean on a cliff. In each, each house, there's one artist. And then you don't have to pay for the house but you should leave them one painting that was really very romantic mm -hmm. and then i was twice maybe i go again to in this siren gutfried center which is near monaghan if you go go north from dublin like two hours drive and that's a very professional place and there are like let's say 50 people writers dancers musicians and artists like visual artists and uh, the living is beautiful then you have even a studio then in the night you go to dinner together and uh, people gather and speak about things and they're also like singing and programs and etc mm -hmm. and it's also donation of uh, um, this this guy Siron Gusri who was a playwriter a famous Irish playwriter and it was his home and he it's his legacy that he said the artists they should they should speak about uh, not just art, but they should make friends and speak about things together. And hmm. so he, it's, uh, uh, we should be grateful that he uh, was uh, enabling us to stay, stay there. And this is like that you made an application and once they accept you, so then you can go whenever you want, you just have to call them and ask if it's free and wow. yeah so this is perfect
Okay, well, so that's interesting. So you've been to residencies that I would sort of call are like group experiences, where mm-hmm. it's all mm-hmm. about the the interaction and the the engagement between disciplines and mediums and things like this. You know, playwrights, authors, visual artists. But you've also been to some that were very solitary. Where Special, you, yeah. Where, where the it's, most it's just solitary you. was in England. It uh, was in Italy. Uh, Giorgio Finocchietto. I was alone in the village. I never want to repeat the experience. <laughs> I was speaking with cats and birds and rabbits going around. I was really, literally alone in a village. And like, like, no people. It was just well, like a whole village. Well, it was an old abandoned village, and the Americans they turn it into kind of a summer resort, you know. Uh huh. But they wanted as well. They wanted to do the residencies. But for artists, it was like uh, April, uh, May, beginning of May. Off season. And, yeah, off season, and they also wanted some pictures. They uh, they even want two pictures or what? It was very super super rich super house, but uh, it happened like I don't know. Maybe it was not planned. But then I was there alone for like ten days. Which do you find more sort of um, helpful or inspiring? Like, did you like the group experience of a yeah, residency of or the individual? I prefer when there are people. Okay. Because you can get to know things and it's much more interesting, of course. Yeah. And, and I was in this Vermont Studio Center, which there were also like 70 of us. Yeah, yeah I know all, Vermont. All yeah. disciplines in Vermont. Yeah. And that was also quite inspiring. They even have those artist talks. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. Things like that. I mean, yeah, just the, the just the location is, is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because like a lot of artists have difficulty getting residencies and stuff, but it, a part of it is is you know which residency to choose to even apply for because it takes a lot of time and energy and you know whatever to to even of apply. Of so you know, some insight from somebody who has been to residencies and has mm. has experienced the benefits of them basically is what I'm trying to get out yeah. of this. Did, now, did the residencies because like these days, I recently read an article actually about the Whitney Biennial in New York mm-hmm. and how something like some number like 60% or 70% of the artists in the Whitney Biennial all happen to have participated in a particular residency. Well, there's one more residency which is so very uh, so very professional and so very prestigious and it's is this McDowell or how is it? Oh yeah, called? McDowell. Yeah, I know McDowell. Yeah, in, oh yeah, that's very competitive. Yeah. Well, but well, but my my question that will lead back to you was the: Did you get any sort of benefits like that? Did you meet some curators or some galleries, or did you did, did you beyond just the ability to get away from your life and 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 you know, be just well, as an artist? Did you get anything? So, I would say not so much. No, okay. More, and mostly, I took the residencies like also a nice way to spend summer. Mm-hmm. You know, and make a lot like a little holiday. Well, I worked there, of course, but it's but you were away from home. You yeah. were away from the stresses of it's home. It's interesting yeah. to be, and I want. I wanted also residencies in a nice nature. I wouldn't like to go a residency into some t- city, you know, or so. They do exist. Yeah, they do exist, but this was not so tempting for me. I know so, of one that you might enjoy, which is a. Bald Head Island. Uh, there's a thing, a residency called No Boundaries, run out of uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, in the United States, and they go out onto this private bill- millionaire's resort place, mm-hmm. and they have these fantastic homes. But it's just this private island. It's stunning, mm. and they do it every year. I think mm. maybe every no one one year they do. Uh, U.S. only artists, local and regional artists, and then the opposite year they do international mm-hmm, artists, mm-hmm. and it, like everything's paid for. It's, mm, it's, you should it's, it's, leave it's, me the contact. Oh yeah, no, I know the ladies who found the yeah. well, ladies and gentlemen who founded it as well. Yeah, like they I invited me out one time. That. It's yeah. it's beautiful. You you stay in a house literally right on the beach, mm, and, it, and, and when I say right on the beach. There's no houses like as far as your eye can see in either direction. It's just beautiful. And then there are those residencies in New Mexico that you stay for a year in the desert. Yeah. I didn't have the courage to do that. No? But maybe, well, uh, there were 
like 20 years when I cannot go anywhere because of the kids and house and you know now I could afford it but yeah. I don't I'm not so sure I would you know uh, but then, then you got some horrible neighbors you know and <laughs> and you don't know what to do and you go stressed it's possible yeah, I, I mean possible. I've certainly never done a residency yeah. of that scale but yeah because then you have to you know rent a car do a lot of things yeah I and, mean, that's basically like moving for a year yeah. it's not just a residence and maybe i would be yeah homesick or i wouldn't do i wouldn't know what to do there or hmm. on some of those residencies i really tried to paint from nature but it's a problem I don't do it anymore so much. <laughs> Looking around your studio, it's mostly architecture of, of what looks like Prague. Well, yeah, this is from my more or less childhood. Yeah, so what we're talking about now is the the nature of like these How days. How it works these days. Yeah, yes. I mean, in contemporary world, it feels like it's become exponentially more important to be able to eloquently write about your work. Not so... The days of like, I'm an artist, here's my art, you love it or you don't, yeah. seem to have gone away. Like, yeah. it seems very yeah. important now to be able to yeah. eloquently express yeah. the meaning behind yeah. your work. Well, uh, in a way, I understand it. And as a viewer or a gallery visitor, I enjoy it even sometimes. Indeed. But uh, on the other hand, you can also say I'm painting because I don't know how to say it. And so Thank then, you. Yeah. then all those, you know, artist talks and things like that, I find a bit odd, like, well, you should look at the pictures and it's there. How, how I can talk about um, why I did it or what happened when I was doing it or uh, what technique uh, means I have used or things like that but to say to say what, what what is it about really it's uh, uh difficult and also the thing is that everybody can see in one painting everybody can see something else according to his own uh, projection screen you know so the same picture somebody you know, project his things and it's it's really depressive. The other one find it like uh, soothing or even funny or so there's no recipe, you know. So... Um, yeah, but if I feel like because I do this thing online where I do these portfolio reviews and stuff. And there, there is a, a, a sort of a, what I would consider like a balancing act where like you're not yeah. telling people yeah, how to yeah. read your work, but you're, yeah. you're, I define it's, it as like you're giving context. Giving so some that, like hints. Yeah. It's basically it's sort of just leading them down a path of what, what yeah. you were thinking. And, and yeah. if they follow the path, great. If they yeah. don't, yeah. they at least sort of get a sense of what you were yeah. trying to achieve. Yeah. But like, I can't stand when I read an artist statement that just basically says, my work is about this and you must believe that yeah, same thing. That's like, stupid. It, that's, that's just stupid. not right. And, and also what and I found very, very stupid is <laughs> when you go to a residency, most of the times they want you to write, why are you going there? What are you going to do there? And why is it so important? And you're going somewhere. You don't know the place. You, you have no idea how does it looks like and the point is to just come and and let the place uh, have some effect on you and then something can can happen yeah, something. yeah. i have a horrible problem yeah. with these these applications yeah. where they and always those say applications what do you are do? so stupid well i'm going there to just to paint maybe or yeah, i don't you, know what are you gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna be myself and i'm gonna make yeah. something that's somehow so, inspired but, by your place but several times I just put down some, let's say, bullshit because they needed it. And so I just said, oh, I love this, I love this nature and I need to paint sea or I don't know and what. Did, and what did those and work? It helped. But it, so they worked? Like, it so worked, the, okay. yeah, of course. So sometimes the bullshit worked. Yes, you can, you just 
made up something and it works, but they need those, you know, sentences or what. Then then you do something completely different or you forgot what you wrote before, you know. Well, I've already spoken with uh, some people from uh, a gentleman from the Meat Factory, which is a residency program here in Prague. And he said that when they're curating it, so he was the curator of it. So when he curates, the, you know, first and foremost, it's the quality of the work. Secondary is the statement about sort of intent. And then last is the CV. So yeah. like sort of the hierarchy yeah, yeah, of yeah. what's the most important to least important. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in the beginning, it's always going to be about the work. Because no matter how beautiful and eloquent you are in explaining your work, you still have to actually make course, quality imagery. Of course, that's important because, you know. For instance, like going back to the portfolio reviews that I do, like I will look at. I, sometimes I have read the most beautiful, moving, experiential statement that the work is not up to the same caliber as the of statement. Course, like the statement is fabulous. You just copied it somewhere, maybe. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're they're often know. very personal yeah. journeys and these kinds of things, and they're they're very moving and all this, and they're great and 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 mm-hmm. engaging, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I'm emotionally mm-hmm. connected to the story. And then mm-hmm. the work doesn't hold up to it. Yeah. So, I mean, in this day and age, and this yeah. is great, it, it seems like it has to be a beautiful combination and a balance of beautiful uh-huh. work uh-huh. and a, a beautiful text way of sort of enhancing the appreciation mm-hmm. for the work mm-hmm. without demanding that mm-hmm. the art, mm-hmm. the, the viewer thinks a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a difficult balancing act to play. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, do, do you write your own statements, or do you have sometimes a curator? Sometimes I do. Or? I even, if you've noticed on my on my web page, I even did statements to those uh, groups of fic- pictures like ten years ago. Uh, but it was just like I don't know five sentences: why I did it, where I did it, what happened, and. I I I appreciate this when artists do it when I can you know see uh, I can hear their voice not the voice of some some art historian or somebody third party you know okay so I did this now now I do it sometimes when needed and it's also important because then you you think about it for yourself I find that when I think about my work I understand my work and probably could write more eloquently about it 10 years after I complete it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, definitely. That's true. Rarely, like, right when I'm done with it. Yeah. When you have the distance. Because when you're in it, you just go after your instincts. But that's, I think that's, that's okay. It's much better than if you, if you made some plan and then fulfilled the plan. It's much better to 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 uh, do instinctively what you want, what you feel. So this is okay. So then, going on back to sort of your art practice. So how do you come? So do you come up with an idea first of what you're trying to express, or do you sort of make your paintings and then figure out what they meant after completing them? No, in fact, I must get an idea. Elaborate on an idea, like like well, a, a, I, yes, a, a, a mood, an expression, say, a memory, uh, idea, just, just just idea. idea. Okay. And sometimes it doesn't come, you know. Uh, is it is it a, like when you say idea, like here we'll, we'll look at like, the, the well, ones. well, I the, my latest uh, latest group of pictures or, or series, they, uh, as to say, is those those two which I now pushed away a bit because I have to finish this. So there's some in, there are some uh, home are interiors, interiors yeah. and the interiors are took um, took uh, from films, uh-huh. and it really was like I was watching Europe TV. This channel, or maybe you know it. They have quite a good films from this. You can you can pay something like I don't own a TV. So so I was watching. It's like half year ago. Two or two or three films in a row from interiors, and my inner feelings somehow connected with the with the screen, and it made it made a hole. And then I got the idea that I can paint from films. That this time I don't have to use my friends, my 
my uh, my home and push somebody and i can i can take take um, scenes from films which are more neutral or how do you say it and i had exactly the idea what kind of film and what kind of scene it should be which is quite complicated so <laughs> i have to go on finding some films now but that it will have some subtitles and something in in the picture will be like that it's showing to you it's a tv or so you're actually going to physically paint yeah, a yeah, subtitle yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay i like it yeah, yeah. i mean the, so so but it was a moment when i got the idea you know okay so so you're inspired by sort of a concept of, of what you're trying to achieve well that you get first. into a certain point in your life that you have some idea i, I don't know how to say it differently it often have uh, it often happens when you are on the move and you walk somewhere or in the shower or whatever. Yeah. 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 Closing the garage gate or whatever. Well, well, I mean, well, different people work in different directions. Like some people yeah. are inspired by a location or inspired well, you, by a person. You think or... about how to do it and you think about a lot of things. And then comes a certain moment when it clicks together. And if you're lucky, so you've got some idea. Okay. doesn't happen so often. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I actually, well, that then lends to another question I have. In photography, we have, like, I'll take, you know, a thousand photos to, to come out with, like, three amazing ones. So I have 997 failures for all practical purposes. How, what's your rate of sort of success to failure on your paintings? Or, like, is, is everything you paint, you work it and work it and work it until it works? Or do some just never work? Mm, some just never work course what's your ratio on that like so like what 20 percent thought about it oh let's say 40 percent are not so good 40 percent no, i'm surprised lot, maybe 30 okay but some of those 30 percent sometimes then you look at it three years later and you find it's not so bad and sometimes it changes also do you ever revisit this or do like literally like repaint or retouch up something from years ago not so much. No. Mostly, I use it to for like a testing ground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I understand. Yeah, yeah, I do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean that's interesting because again, like a lot of young painters think that like every painting is a masterpiece. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's done. It's not. It's not. And when I work in those series, so usually the first, well, well, maybe not the first, but the third to the tenth is the best, and then it slowly, you know you um you run out of uh, the main ideas and then it goes down sometimes then in the end come still comes something but then you feel it's it's done that you you cannot do anything anything more oh yeah i get it yeah, yeah. i mean every every theme or concept yeah. sort of has its yeah. lifespan it's, it's amount of images uh, as as long as it's possible to uh, still like you have some ideas but then i well, and do, do you do you do like a whole thing where like you'll title a, a series? Do you do you work in like a series and then sort of give yes, them a I title? Yes, I used to do more. Yeah, mostly I do used to do those series, and f in fact, some of them like this this series called Time. It was from South Coast England, and it was just that I was there one summer, and I like it so much, and I had a lot of pictures. It was in two thousand four, so still. The pictures were like pictures on a paper, you know, not in computer. And I felt uh, I missed the place and I felt sad that it's over. And so I just took the pictures and started painting to, to be there a bit longer. Mm -hmm. And then then uh, there comes the theory. But it was not intended in the first first cases. Okay. So uh, as I generally wrap up my uh, podcast, I, I have two big questions that I ask for everybody. So first one is basically, what kind of advice would you give to another artist that like, through either a f bad experience you had or a good experience you had, some sort of thing that you might help to help them become better for whatever reason, you know, to avoid a, a, a potential issue that they may not have seen? Like well, I, I would give them not so much practical advices but i think the most important thing is to do what they really want to do and to do what they are and not to not try to be like somebody else 
I think that's the most important thing. Mm. Well, what what if you? But what if your gallery comes and says, "Oh, well, these things are selling really well. Could you make more of these, even if you don't want to?" You can you can spoil yourself and hurt yourself. I I mean sp- uh, I mean screw up yourself like in a bad way. And your reputation, that, even. Yeah, uh, one thing is the reputation, and the other thing is to the ability to do something good again. You know. When you start doing it for money, so you end up you are, you are not able to do it do it for the inner reasons or you know for yourself. Mm-hmm. They have to love the art they are making themselves at the first place. Then, if they like it, so maybe somebody else will too. Yeah, I mean, I get the question all the time, like, how can I make work that will win competitions, or how can I make work that will galleries will like? And my general recommendation is. Do what you do, and yeah, either exactly. the art world will yeah. will find you. And do it will... for yourself. Do the best you want to do, with yeah, so that you are satisfied, yeah, not anybody else. You can't chase the trends because yeah. if you no, try and chase no. the trends, it's a never-ending fight. Yes, and also it's not interesting at all <laughs> because then then everybody's the same. Well, and there's no level of authenticity in that. Yeah, like the, there's no unique the voice to that. Is the most important thing. Yeah. Okay. The, um, the other question I have is uh, that part of the podcast is that every single person I meet with, I'm asking them for a piece of advice, of, of some, something I can do to point me in the direction that I want to get a piece of my artwork exhibited in the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, should, uh, I should answer to this. It doesn't have to what be... What they should do to get their art in, well, and in what, MoMA? Or and, what? Yeah, and whatever recommendations I get, I will do. And I will keep people updated throughout the podcast of all the process of, of the failures and successes that I have. Well, if from I the knew, I would I do it myself, you know. So, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> so it, it, I really don't know. It is hard. I think it's just be authentic and work on yourself. It's still the same. But practically what you should do, I have no idea. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and this is an interesting conversation that I've had with a lot of, uh, because I've only been speaking so far with Czech uh, artists and curators and gallery owners. I was raised where like you strive to be the best, the best Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. world. So like, so like. That's a very different, different temper in American and Czech society. It is. Yeah. And here we more like, well, as my generation was raised, it, it was be like the others. And if you're not like the others, something wrong with you, you know. Interesting. So, so, so fit so in. This was don't, really don't, make, don't rock the yeah, boat. Yeah, yeah. You should, you should be the average. That's the best. That, that was the, the mood in which I was brought up in the school and so on. So, but yeah, it's like when you ask, how are you? So in Czech they say it's worth a shit or something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Isn't worth a shit? Shit. Stojí to za hovno. So they said, well, I don't know how to translate it, but they said something like it's really not good, mostly, or in the old times, you know. And it was just just like habit also that, that we maybe we were more used to point to those uh, darker sides of life. But in America, everybody said, I'm fine. And even if they are dying, they say, oh, I'm good. <laughs> I do. Yeah, we are yeah. overly. Which is nice in a way. It, it is. It makes, it makes it so you don't feel like you're putting anybody out yeah. or causing any problems. Like like if I, if I went into an office and I'm like, hey, how are you? Well, my, yeah. you know, my back hurts. <laughs> I got a headache. Like if you actually told me the truth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that might not be as much fun to talk to you. But like, if you said fine or yeah. good, yeah, like sometimes yeah. I, when in America, sometimes I heard those those voices like, "How are you?" And the, the lady says, "You're yeah, fine." <laughs> yeah, and and those and people don't like those people in the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I can we, imagine. We don't want to hear those people. Like, you're meant to just say fine. <laughs> but uh, I think nowadays we are also happy and fine. I find that the Czech people like they're. A hierarchy of vocabulary is a little bit 
different. Different. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. for instance, like I'll go out to dinner with my wife, and I'll be like, and I'll ask her, she's Czech, and I'll say, how was dinner? And she'll say, fine. And then she'd say, how was dinner? And ask me, and I'll say, oh, it was marvelous. <laughs> yes. Like, I'll yes. use these big, uh, you know, yeah, uh, this is nice flowery words. Yeah. Yeah. That, but the Czech people, like, fine is yeah. e- equivalent to an American superb. Yes. <laughs> Whereas good is equivalent yes. to an American fine. And yeah. so, like, the, the, the levels of the, the thing, language you know? are very different. Uh, we don't want to praise things and people so much somehow. Why because is that? it still could be better, you know, <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know why is that. Maybe it's also kind of um, those beliefs, like if you, um, how to say it, uh, that if you praise it too much, it will get uh, get worse or something like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a. If you, I just if, if said you, it's perfect, and now you know, see. You jinxed it. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Hmm. Okay, well, that's an interesting take on it. I can go with that. All right. Well, thank you very yeah. much for your time. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah.